It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down Welcome back to another episode of American Loser. Dad, where else could we be other than? A shared universe podcast studio here in Eatontown, New Jersey. Mike and Ming taking great care of us behind the ones and twos. Who else other than? What? The big kahuna. You know it, buddy. <laughs> hey, kahuna, um, real quick. First, we got two awesome guests here I'm very excited to talk about. But uh, we did a favor for the kahuna in between episodes. We did two episodes today. And I said, uh, kahuna, you hungry? You want something to eat, buddy? And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, if you don't mind, could you get it? And I was like, do whatever you need. Come on. And then he sends us out for the Holy Grail. Listen, I told you, I, but you asked. Bring me that which cannot be acquired. That's right. <laughs> the spicy chicken sandwich from Popeyes. And let me oh, tell you, man. those bridge trolls over there—they did their best to not give it to you. Okay? <laughs> yeah, they were—they uh, were having oh, a good man. time, man. They but, made you wait. And we went over to, uh, so we had the, the Popeyes chicken sandwich. It's a good chicken sandwich. Don't get me wrong, but like. It's not worth dying over, you know? Yeah, it's not a Chick-fil-A sandwich. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> That's worth dying for. <laughs> but uh, so we went over, we went from there, we went over to Cluck You Chicken, all right, who would be a great sponsor for this podcast now I'm thinking about it. And we got uh, we got some hot wings, right? We got some mild wings from my Anglo-Saxon father. But uh, are they treating you okay with those? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, good. That's important to me now because- I prefer, uh, I prefer my flesh off the bone. That's, that's a- <laughs> Don't tip our hat on the episode just yet, yeah, good no, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, joining us uh, on the show, uh, a guy I really enjoy talking to, a guy I admire, uh, definitely a deep thinker, a uh, very quality writer, uh, Davey Stiley. Uh, uh, thank you so much for being here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and your and your, your loathsome underling, Tim Rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be like that. I'm it's not, I'm not sure which voice to use right now, but that was spot on. <laughs> that was, Oh, oh now, well, I never got a chance to meet Davey face to face. We've just spoken online, really, and I, I clearly I, I enjoy your sense of humor. I think you're a smart guy, and uh, the way that Tim talks about you too is great. But Tim and I met at uh, Brookdale Community College, right, Bud? Yeah, it's yep. good times, We're very the, good times. The only two guys in our writing class, a renowned uh, institution of higher learning. It was. It's where uh, Brian Williams went to uh, school. So okay, you know, it's true. At least he says he was there. We can't prove it. Right? I used to get drunk in the parking lot back there all the time, and then the Marine Corps would be calling me once a month, going, "Hey, you still thinking about joining the Marine Corps? <laughs> no, I'm thinking about driving. Oh. Don't tell anybody though. Oof, Jesus. <laughs> well, that's how you get out of that one. Now, real quick, how did you two meet? Oh man. Yeah, you're in charge of that one. Okay, so. Oh yeah, this is during a really bad time. Oh yes, so. I remember I got a book of American Psycho in German. I know. I like the book. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Something light and airy, huh? Das ist Frusten, Herr Bateman. I, I wanted a copy. I was like, oh, green pages. It looks pretty sweet. Black and green. It's all in German. He's the only person I knew at the time through Facebook. I was like, oh, he kind of knows a little German. So I hit him up a messenger. I'm like, you want a copy of American Psycho in German? I think, think you'll like it. Go to his house. We sit outside his porch for like... What's eight hours? 
It shows me what Mad Dog twenty twenty for the first time ever. It was it was quite an adventure, and it was just that. <laughs> About halfway through the book, you realize it's actually uh, you know it's actually a cookbook the entire time. Oh. <laughs> Which tips our hat a little bit towards this episode here. I am proud of my buddy Tim. Tim, uh, Tim, I, I kind of was one of the people that encouraged him to go into the Navy. Yeah, thanks. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, again, in a couple of years, you're going to realize it was a, a valuable experience. Um, and then not for nothing, uh, you know, Tim, you could stay in New Jersey if you wanted to. Dave and I have voted against it. Um, <laughs> so, But we got a good one here for you. It's um, Tim, what's a food growing up as a kid that you didn't like to eat? Ooh. Uh, you want to go on the vegetable side or the like the meat side? Uh, either or. I'll tell you what. I'll leave it up to you. Okay. So as a child, I despised ham, which I know is a little blasphemous to say, but I hated ham. Hmm. Now they say that pig tastes sort of like human flesh. Is that true? I cannot confirm or deny that <laughs> due to accidentally incriminating myself. Dad, do you want to just tip our hat and tell everybody what we're talking yeah, about today? Yeah, I think today? you might these uh, jokes or these. Uh, Allusions to would be better taken if you understand where we're going with this. Well, they, when they download the episode, they're going to see the title of the episode. Right, so that's true. They all too. know what we're dealing with. Right. And uh, Kahuna, in the winter of 1846, snowbound in the Sierra Nevada mountains, a group of emigrants would learn a thing or two about gross food. They were forced to eat their animals, boil strips of leather, and in some cases, they even ate the dead bodies of people they knew. Mm. Welcome to the Donner Party, baby. And we're eating some hot wings today from Cluck You in honor of their gross-ass but tragic story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, That's without the sauce, too. Indeed. Now, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> See, I, I do think that if anyone at this table, I needed, like, we got atomic sauce. We could have gone a little hotter with the sauce. I'm surprised you didn't. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I don't want gross hot, but my father can just eat it bland like that. So my father could just probably be eating my forearm during this episode. <laughs> as we talk about these but I think a lot of people know the story of the Donner Party, but I don't know how much. Like, what did you know going into this, Tim? Uh, yeah. That's about it, right? Yeah, I, they're kind of a punchline in history for the most part. So, but uh, they're in, we're going to cover their story, and they're a little bit more tragic than we thought they were. They're also a little bit more murderous than we thought they were. So, there's plenty of heroes and villains in this one, um, and cannibalism. Let's just let's just make sure we cover that part. There's going to be cannibalism. I am extremely excited. That's a, <laughs> I know nothing, so I'm just like, all right, I'm going to learn something. Going to be a lot of people eating. Okay. That's uh, dude. It it gets wild and quick. So. Uh, LP, what's going on out in California around this time in the country? Well, it's uh, it's a, a promise for a better life. There's a lot of people that are pushing for Americans, anyhow, to get into California because uh, there's a group that thinks that if we just get enough Americans into California, we can take it from the from the Mexicans, who are the the rightful owners, if you will, of the of California. California is one of those areas that was part of Mexico. But it was so far removed from the Mexican capital that they were really their own government type of a thing. So they were they were pretty independent, although they were considered to be part of the Mexican government. Well, it's kind of like Rome, where Rome had the entire empire, but if they didn't have a legion nearby, they couldn't really enforce Roman law. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That they were so far removed from the actual capital. You know, your Rome analogy, I think, is pretty good, but. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That they had to kind of fend for themselves. Uh, at least the, the Californians did. And then there was a. It wasn't the California that we know of today. When you think of California, you know, Los Los, uh, Los Angeles and you know Hollywood and all that kind of thing. It's very sparsely populated and pretty much only along the coast, like San Diego and uh, the, in San Francisco. Those areas were pretty much the only thing that was really going on. Now, is it true that San Diego is named for a whale's vagina? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sands. Yeah. <laughs> says yes. So. I saw that in a movie once. <laughs> But, uh, no, there, there's a lot going on out there. Uh, there's also Ba and Alta, California, which I think is kind of right. upper uh, and lower, right? Right, right, or North and South Carol- mm. California. Mm. Well, they really should be two states, let's be honest. But uh, it's weird here. We gotta, we're got we going to enter with the first loser of this story, and uh, I think there's plenty. I think you would agree with me. This guy is the biggest loser in the story, uh, at least to start. Uh, first of all, he's got a loserish name, uh, Lansford Hastings. And uh, Tim, he is what we would call in French, piece of shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. This guy publishes a book called The Emigrant's Guide to Oregon and California. Now, that would be uh, if you wrote, Tim, uh, Timothy Rich's Guide to Success in the U.S. Navy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Miss turnover, <laughs> refuse to shave, throw chairs, get blackout drunk in Greece and try to kill a guy. Oh, yeah. He's got, he's noticing a lot of themes with his stories here, Dad. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Lanceford Lance Hastings, oh my God. another uh, uh, negativity of, of him is he, he's a lawyer. So, I mean, uh, you know. Ugh. You can't be trusting those I guys. I didn't know he right was a lawyer. The, right from the get-go. Worse yeah. than me. So he uh, he puts this book out, and it's a gross title. Like I said, The Immigrant's Guide to Oregon and California. And in it, he proposes a route differing from the well-known Oregon Trail, which is where I died of tuberculosis in fourth grade. Every time. Um, that's <laughs> <laughs> Dysentery was my family's Dysentery. Oh, Dysentery. All, the time. <laughs> All the time. Every time. We lost Kahuna attempting to ford the river. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, so the, the Oregon Trail, by the way, pretty, almost like a highway of sorts, because there's so many wagons going through there that the trails are well established. You're not really going to get lost. But um, they're claiming that uh, this route that this guy Hastings has is actually a more direct route, even though the uh, it extends the trip's mileage. He goes, oh, it's a shortcut that you actually go further on, and uh, it included going through the uh, the Great Basin and the Salt Lake Desert. Is that right, Dad? Yeah, Salt Lake Desert. I mean, you say the Oregon Trail was a highway. It was just wagon ruts in in the in the prairie but but you knew you weren't the first people there and it was months and months uh arduous journey type of a thing if you played the game you're gonna get kind of a glimpse of uh what that might have been like to make various decisions along the way but uh it wasn't any easy passage but everybody was clamoring to get into california and the quicker you could get there the better off you're going to be because again that was like the the promised land the land of milk and honey that everything was going to be better that Things are shitty here in the east, but if we can get to California, we can start fresh and start all over again and you know, go for the land grab that uh, the, the property or the land is there for the for the taking kind of a thing. Well, so, it's kind of worth risking. I'll yeah, so this guy Hastings writes this book, The Emigrant's Guide to Oregon and California. The only trouble was he never really checked it out himself. He's writing this without actually taking that trail, taking that proposed route. It's a work of fiction. Yeah. <laughs> so he's the armchair, armchair quarterback on telling you what's the best way to get to California without ever actually doing it himself. So he's full of shit. He is full of shit. He's, just, he's not a good dude, man. Uh, and you see what a villain he turns into as the story goes on here. Uh, now, eventually, to his credit, he does become one of the uh, first two people to cross the Salt Lake Desert 
but he does it without wagons, so that's important. He's trying to tell people that, oh, you should use my uh, Hastings cutoff is what he calls it. And uh, he's advertising it to people, but it's never been done with wagons before. So you're jeopardizing, literally, these people are going to take their lives into their hands because you're like, oh, well, I can do this on foot, so you could probably, I mean, I'm sure you could, you know, I don't see why you couldn't. But uh, he uh, he stays at Fort Bridger, okay? Now, there's a couple forts in the story here, so just to, to clarify. So you guys do me a favor, you're kind of an audience for me on the show here. So if I hit you with something that doesn't make sense, uh, it's, it's probably correct, because the story makes no sense. <laughs> That's right, right. You're, okay. you're paying attention if you don't know what's going exactly. on. <laughs> but um, at the same time, if I, if I gloss over something, stop me and let me know here, because LP and I got lost, and we came in here, we're like, this is going to be a funny episode, we're going to eat chicken wings while we talk about cannibals, and then at the end of it, it was like, we were both... Um, you know, obviously in separate showers, but showering like like victims just in the call. <laughs> oh, yeah. What happened? <laughs> this was, uh, yeah, uh, it sounded like a good idea to start, but when you start getting into the story and finding out what these people actually went through, it was like, holy shit. And is, that's why is... the episode I pitched did not go through, because I had the same exact result after going over the person <laughs> I was studying. I went, oh, God, no, <laughs> scrap it. Uh, Tim's original, I won't say what the uh, idea was for the episode, but uh, he realized he was getting a little too close to the source material when... Um, there was a red laser dot pointed at his forehead as he was finishing the notes for the, what is this? Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't oh. need this computer. Let and, uh, me throw it out the window. I'm just move these files into the trash can here, and the paperclip will act like nothing ever happened, right? Chief, of, Chief of Naval Operations never heard of the guy. <laughs> well, I know for a fact this dude is full of shit because I drove from New Jersey to Nevada in a 96 Dodge Stratus, and I barely made it by the time I got to Utah, so that's how I know this guy's a fucking liar. <laughs> Yeah. Hastings, you're talking about. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You tell me. And the, to go the one time Lansford? that he, the one time that he actually did try out the route, he wasn't going from the east to the west. He was coming. He was already in California, and was going from California heading east back towards, you know, to the other side of the. Tree. He's not taking the path that he's suggesting to all these people in the east that hey this is the best way to get to California he's full of shit he never tried that it sounds like that episode of South Park where they shove their food up their ass and shit out yes. their ass <laughs> good old boofing but uh, now he uh, <laughs> he proposes that route and he's kind of owning this thing that's his thing he's going to stay at Fort Bridger alright now Fort Bridger is run by another piece of shit by the name of Jim Bridger okay <laughs> And Fort Bridger was a small supply shack that Hastings lived at in order to convince parties heading west to take his route instead of the more established route. And Bridger would allow this because it was more financially favorable to his business interests if the people were coming up that way. Because what are you going to do? You're going to there's no there's no Home Depot to go to. There's no strip malls, you know, to go stop by to, to gear up. There's no Lands End catalog to order from. You have to go to yeah. where we need the supplies. Oh well, there's an outpost here, so. All the business is going to come to Fort Bridger, and Bridger's going to make all this money. And of course, I'm going to allow this lie to continue. It's very yeah, economically Amazon Prime was not not in play for uh, <laughs> next day service. I'm just thinking about robbing people. That's how I know my place in the 1840s would be. Yeah, it's just a, a bandit out in Arizona somewhere. Well, I maintain, and Davey, back me up on this one, is that these people in the story, when faced with uh, just absolute desperation, resorted to cannibalism. That is also Tim's first go-to option. Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> why he gets <laughs> right. going. There's so many. Like you went to Z. I'm still waiting you, for my MRI to come back. A through what? Like, you know, A through Y. <laughs> I just got to do what you got to do. No, it's you know, it's a little unnecessary. Well, I mean, okay. if we're gonna be logical here, 
cannibalism starts with a C, so it's it's the it's the third option here. So it's not that far. <laughs> Thank it's so you, no problem. <laughs> you guys just don't. There's get so me. much right. for cannibalism. <laughs> Really? A is What's A and B? <laughs> then you tell me. Damn A is it. for apple, B is for I'm boy, against C the wall. Is <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about a cow, but I sure know a Listen, lot about the human torso. Let I me may, tell you, bud. Oh my God. I may not know much about edumacation, but I do my A, B, Cs, and Ds, and Zs. Right, uh, there you go. Yes, <laughs> Not for nothing here. Uh, we're gonna we have to bring in the party now. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. just for a minute here. If you're <clears throat> if you're heading for California, you're you're an Easterner and you're heading you're you're buying into this whole thing about go to California, go west, young man, go west, and all that kind of shit. That uh, and this yeah. book that's published, the Immigrant's Guide to the Oregon and California. This is widely received in the East because everybody's clamoring to get to California as quick as they possibly can. Now, Fort Bridger is a turn off of the typical route. Everybody's leaving uh, Missouri and going into the Great Plains, if you will. They're taking the California Trail. The California Trail then splits and goes on to the Oregon Trail. The Oregon Trail doesn't take you all the way from east to west kind of a thing. So right at that turn or shortly within a couple miles of that turn for the Oregon Trail, Hastings is proposing to take this, uh, the Hastings Pass, or his cutoff, if you will. And it's not until you make that turn that you actually come to Fort Bridger. So you've already committed yourself. Oof, you're stuck. You've already committed yourself to that, or get to Fort Bridger and then decide, oh, shit, this is the wrong way to go. We're not, we're not buying this, and backing up. And time is constantly ticking away. Time is a huge thing with this, because you have to leave... Like in spring, but not too early spring because you're not going to have grass for the animals to eat and that kind of stuff that you're going to be running out. You know, the, the animals are not going to be able to survive off the land, if you will, because you're going in cover wagons. You're going with oxen. You know, the, the whole wagon train TV show is, is pretty, pretty bogus that you got these big ass oxen that are pulling these very heavy Conestoga wagons. And they got to, you know, forage for themselves. So if you leave too early, you're going to get stuck in the spring rains and in the mud. If you leave too late, by the time you get to going over the mountains and into finally into California, you're going to get cut, stuck in the snow. So you, the timing is real important. And every day lost is a greater chance that you're going to end up in a, in a world of shit on the top of the mountains. My cousins in Germany said the same exact thing. It's <laughs> not asking follow-ups, Tim. No, not asking follow-ups. No, no. I, I like how it went kind of silent too. Like no one, knew, <laughs> no one knew what the fuck to say. Just you do you, man. <laughs> yes. So now yes. we got this uh, this Donner Reed party, which I think is hilarious because uh, Reed almost uh, gets his name taken out of the history books on that one because starts off as the Donner Reed party and uh, then just becomes known as the Donner party that's how I've always heard it in history hmm. but it and then they went on to go direct Superman that's <laughs> am I wrong oh shit uh, close nice um, very nice but uh, very good the Donner Reed party sets out from uh, Missouri and they're gonna head west like you said dad now the Donner family and the Reed family parties they had uh, nine wagons and 87 total party members Okay. Well, it ended up being 87. It didn't start out as 87, but along the way they picked up other 
other pioneers, if you will, which was very typical at the time, that the bigger the party that you were with, the better off you're going to be because you have more resources. If you're, you know, onesies and twosies uh, kind of a thing, you ain't going to make it because you just don't have the resources to, to pull you through. It's, uh, it, I, I try to, like, put myself into the the role here of trying to go across the country in a covered wagon like that. That's got to be misery. Like, if I was going to do it, I'd do it by myself. You know what I mean? Try to do some Davy Crockett mountain man shit or whatever. But I could never do because then you're just sitting there and you're just like the view never changes. You know, you're sitting in a wagon. It's uh, it's slow going. It's uh, months, months to get there. Yeah, but these people, their lives are such shit that they're willing to risk it all. It takes yeah, and that's a, that's the other thing. You're line. not mm. you as a single guy are, are just risking yourself. But now these people are risking everything: their their wives, their family, their kids, and everything else. That hey, we're packing up. And we're moving west, and it's you're rolling the dice here. That it's it's no easy uh, no easy task to get from um, from the east to the to the west kind of a thing. That uh, you know it's a it's a very heavy gamble. The weather, the time, the Indians, and all all that, or the Native Americans, if we want to be more politically correct. But uh, um, yeah, I mean it was it was a, a big risk to. Uh, to start this venture and Reed is the guy that really starts this whole thing rolling he read the book so it turns out so did uh, Donner Hastings book yeah. Hastings book so yeah this is great we'll, we're gonna risk risk it all and we're gonna pack up the family uh, and Reed even had his uh, mother-in-law come along who was very sick at the time but uh, she was like 70 years old right yeah she and she had what they called consumption at the time which was really tuberculosis TB um, but they weren't going to leave Granny home, so they packed Granny up. She dies along the way. She was actually the first one in the party to die uh, of natural causes of you know TB that took her out. But you know they buried her along the trail. So you know next, the old they people don't taste that good either. Yeah, it's, it's old grizzle. Well, yeah. Yeah. Now she dies pretty early on in the train too, which is uh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> what he it's, said, I'm just uh, you know. What? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go. Kuna, um, are you familiar with Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, so, wait, what? So you know the light side of the Force and the dark side of the Force? Yeah. You are the light side. Oh. And, and Tim is. Okay. <laughs> I see what you're going for. But uh, they, they formed this Donner Reed party here. Now, uh, the other thing, too, you said it got up to 87 people, Dad. But the, the key was that this was the bulk of the party was actually uh, women and young children, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't just you know guys that were cowboying up and heading out west. They were risking their wives, their their kids, and their very existence to young uh, kids too. Man. Yeah, taking kids. that right. Um, I think uh, I don't know. Twenty five percent of the women were were pregnant along somewhere along the route too. So I mean, oh, it was yeah. uh, it was. It was heavy duty, man. Got to stop and large families. A lot of <laughs> yeah. Stop every five minutes. We got to stop. My feet are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, I try to imagine. Like, so the undertaking that these guys are a part of is just, it's out of control, man. Now, uh, James Reed and George Donner are the two men that are considered fit to lead the party. Uh, Reed was originally from Ireland, which means he's a dirty piece of shit, right, Dad? Absolutely. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> but he had military experience 
Bigger uh, piece of shit. He was considered a little bit too strict in his dealings with the party, though, and was labeled as an autocrat. They said that he was like really short with people. He goes, well, I'm in charge, so we're doing it this way. You're talking about Reed or you're talking about Donner? Reed. Reed. Okay. Yes. All right. I mis- so. misconstrued that. I thought you said uh, Donner. No, 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 because Reed was from uh, Ireland originally, and then they decided that leadership of the party should actually go to Donner because he was from North Carolina. He was a native-born American, and he had a little bit of a softer hand, so they wanted to go with him instead. Um, Reed was also had more coin than uh, the others. He was pretty well uh, funded to begin with. His his wagon was like the Cadillac, not the Cadillac. Goon is going to take offense to that. <laughs> but uh, it no was, offense, it, it's a piece of shit. It was <laughs> it was the luxury uh, it was the luxury uh, vehicle of, of transport at the time, kind of a thing. He needed more oxen than everybody else because of the weight of the thing that. You know, he was going to put his family through this uh, uh, very arduous task of getting to California, but he was going to do it with as much luxury as possible. They were take, he was taking Granny along because she couldn't bear the thought of being left behind. And uh, Donna's wife. <laughs> I just wife, pictured this is, the Granny is, when she's dying in the back of the. I picture her as uh, when Norman Bates reveals his mother at the end of Psycho. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But a Beverly Hillbillies where they put Granny in the rocking chair on top of the truck. <laughs> So Reed's bringing so Reed's bringing his whole family. He's a veteran. He's he's got the deepest pockets, but obviously he doesn't have patience for other people's kids and other people's pregnant wives. That's kind of what I'm seeing. It's uh, it seems that way. This and is why I travel alone because I'm I'm agreeing with the guy. Uh, <laughs> and he's on wife number two. Or three I told you ten fucking time. minutes. On, Get in the fucking yeah. wagon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so. If you're not in the wagon in 10 minutes, I'm leaving your ass. I'll leave you right here. I don't even care. <laughs> oh, Lottie Doll, you're pregnant. Wasn't my fucking idea. <laughs> Tim's, uh, Tim's multiple personalities coming to light here. <laughs> Remember when he was shy when the episode started? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, not for nothing here. So the American-born Donner is now made the leader despite have, being less experienced. And the party, like we said, made up predominantly of women and children. Much the concern, the concern of a journalist... <laughs> That's a journalist back in the day, guys, <laughs> who wants everything. He goes, hey, let's make sure you guys are okay here. Um, he saw the party. He, he knew the first chunk of the trail. And he actually wrote back to them, telling them, don't take Hastings cut off. You guys aren't going to make it here with the wagons. Too many women and children. This ain't going to be good for you. He actually leaves them several warnings in letters uh, back in Black Forks. All right, But none of the letters were ever delivered to him. Why, Dad? Uh, because, uh, I don't know, I guess Mr. Bridger decided that uh, that wasn't going to be delivered um, because he was going to be mm-hmm. <laughs> benefited by having all these people. Once they got to that fork where they're going to have to make a decision whether they're going to go to the Oregon Trail, which the vast majority of the pioneers took, or take this new... Um, untried Hastings Pass, this shortcut, um, that's when the party elected uh, Reed, uh, excuse me, Donner to lead the the expedition because there was a lot of other wagons or pioneers that were decided that, hey, we're going to take the Oregon route. You guys want to take that unknown shortcut? Go for it. But, uh, you know, and then they, that, at that point, I think they were at the, the 87 total people. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know, 20-some wagons at that particular point in time. But again, uh, there were people that were other mountain men and stuff that were coming back off that Hastings Trail, coming from the west to the east, and they're saying, there's no way that you're going to be able to get wagons through that thing. And left, you know, left word that, uh, you know, don't take it, don't take it. Hastings, meanwhile, gets word to them and saying, don't worry about it, I'll meet you and I'll guide you, I'll show you the way. So... 
What and, uh, better guy David, could you... just for the audience back home, what do we know about Hastings? He's a piece of what? It's a piece of shit. That's it. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> correct. Thank you. There's a lot of names. We're throwing names right, around. Right, 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 right. It gets confusing. <laughs> uh, Hastings sends word to the uh, uh, Donna Reed party that uh, I will guide you through the through the pass, through this shortcut myself. Well, what better assurances could you have that the, hey, the guy who wrote the friggin' book is going to show us the way? Only problem is when they get to that rendezvous point where they were supposed to meet this guy, he pulls a no-show. He's not there. He's he's ahead of them already with another party that he had convinced to take this new Hastings Pass. So, uh, you know, but they're feeling all good about it because, you know, we, we're just going to follow along and we'll catch up with the rest of these guys that Hastings is leading uh, through the past right now. And Bridger's sitting there just watching them all line up. He goes, it's Black Friday, and, guys. Yeah, <laughs> the the cash register's ringing. Suckers. <laughs> so uh, the party now agrees that they're going to take this cutoff, like you said, Dad. They're thinking it's going to save them time. They're also getting the assurances of this being a safer route because he can show them how to avoid the uh, Native Americans, which they're not really sure they want to be dealing with out there. And then also there's a, a little bit of a war with Mexico going on. Yeah, that's, uh, that's another uh, interesting little tidbit, too, that... Uh, you know, the Americans are getting a little frisky and uh, uh, the war starts. Now, that plays into this whole thing. Now, the the war with Mexico, as far as California is concerned, is really the United States Navy that's doing a lot of the a lot of the capturing and fighting and stuff down in San Diego and everything mm-hmm. else. But again, you've got Southern California, you've got Northern California, that things are all over the place. And California is really its own separate identity as far as the Mexican government is concerned. It's a weird place out there, man, but that one decision to take this Hastings cutoff now puts it all in motion. A lot of lives are about to be affected here. So um, the route through the uh, Wasatch Mountains, are we saying that right, Dad? Yeah, a Wasatch, yes. Yeah. See, someone will correct me in the comments. They always do. <laughs> so it's probably Chris Hollenbeck doing it. Um, it's because they support you. That's <laughs> It is true. I'd rather get it right. You're right. That's a they good care. way to look at it, Tim. <laughs> They wouldn't say it in a very comforting way, though. Uh, well, actually, there's always that's that. That's not how you say it. That, uh, <laughs> or I get a, a asterisk, just text it to me directly. <laughs> yeah, that one hurts. But um, So now, uh, this route through the Wasatch Mountains is very treacherous for the wagons. The wheels had to be locked to avoid sliding down these steep hills. The trail was not well established, and it was not suitable for the wagons and the less experienced party that came with it. So these guys are kind of... There really was no trail. These guys yeah. are spending days cutting down trees Dropping to trees. make a trail wide enough for the wagons to get through. So Trying to cut holes into rocks. And again, the, the whole clock yeah. is ticking here that, you know, the more time you spend to get to the base of the uh, Sierra Nevadas that they're going to have to go over to get into California, the more likelihood is that you're going to get fucked in the end here because you're going to get caught in the mountains because uh, winter's coming. You know, we're, we're leaving in, early, in late April. They were actually, when they left Independence, Missouri, they were the last wagon train uh, that spring to leave for California. So there's nobody behind you that's going to uh. come save your ass. Um, you're, you're it. You're the le- you're the caboose of this whole. Uh, it's literally every bad thing that could every, every weird happen. statistic <laughs> right. that could go on for these guys. Like you said, Dad, they're out there. They're dropping trees now. They're cutting out sections of the mountain to enlarge the road. Uh, all sorts of just pain in the ass stuff. The cutoff they'd been sold had now added a month onto their trip. A month. Right. The time that they were going to save was like 350 miles, and it turns out that it, it took them another month. Yeah. Oh, and to go and 
just absolutely sucked going through the... Hastings must have been a... a I'm going to call it the Wasatch Mountains. <laughs> so everybody, all the listeners can uh, scream at, at, at your dad. That's, for, yeah, that's, I traveled that in February, and that was not a good idea. Because my sister texts me. I'm like in Iowa at this point, because God forbid I do the speed limit. She goes, there's tornadoes out there. I was like, where? She goes, in each direction. It's tornado season, you dumbass. I went, Oof. oh, I'll make it. The weather changes pretty fast out there, man. That it's all was fucked. I like it. It's <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Well, matches my psyche. There you go. Uh, I don't know why. All right, t- there, Norman Bates. Yeah, <laughs> Tim's penting. Uh, he's uh, busy petting a hairless cat the entire time he's talking on the episode. Now it's getting uncomfortable for all of us. Still um, don't have a name. I found him outside. <laughs> He's also bald, wearing all gray, and requesting one billion dollars. <laughs> right. Well, um, now uh, this is the, the worst part of it. To be, every time these guys think they get through, I'm like, well, man, that was tough, but you know, at least it's getting better now. Uh, uh, it now takes the party two weeks to get through the, uh, the where they can finally look down and see the Salt Lake. All right, and when they cross through the Salt Lake Desert. Uh, members are nearly dying of thirst during a particularly brutal five-day stretch. This one, this this actually creeped me out, Dad. Um, the journey across the desert was supposed to take two days. According to our... our, our Hastings. Hastings, yeah. as, as you guys may recall, what is Mr. Hastings? Piece of shit! <laughs> <laughs> so he... Um, he now tells them, all right, it's only going to take you two days. Winds up taking him six. And the days are blistering hot. Nights are freezing cold. During the day, the salt... Uh, break this down for me, Dad. I really... I, this just sounds like sounds like Lovecraftian type evil. Yeah, it was... <laughs> even, the, even the terrain is against you here. That During the day, the salt would melt into uh, like a sticky glue, almost like a, a sticky mud kind of a thing. So... You know, you have this image in your head of a desert. Oh, all right, so there's, there's heat and there's sun. No, it wasn't that kind of a desert. Desert means that there was just no vegetation, but as you're going across this, even the ground is sucking at your wagon wheels and slowing yeah. you down. And Meanwhile, people are dying of thirst. The animals are going uh, nutsoid, too, because they're dehydrated, and a lot of the animals are just bolting uh, and going out into the desert to, to die of... Uh, dehydration or just dropping dead along the trail type of a thing so they they lose a lot of their uh, livestock going through this uh, great salt lake desert yeah it's not good All right. yeah one of the other thing too that uh, the even add on to the the hastings piece of shit uh syndrome that uh syndrome. yeah he, he wants to he wants all these people to get into california because he's got his own personal uh, aims of setting himself up for his own country that he figures if he gets enough Americans out into California that we can wrest that away from the Mexican government and set up our own government and he's going to be a high a high level yep. uh, politico within this new founded Republic of California or whatever the hell he wanted to Didn't call it. Didn't you cover someone that tried to do that himself? He tried to get his own country and failed miserably. Uh, a couple. There was a couple. Unfortunately, of oh, it's a recurring topic. <laughs> right, wow. right, right. What a year. Yeah. Da- <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it, it's all true now. Here, now the worst part is that the morale starting to sink really low on this trip, and the crew that already kind of this whole wagon part that already doesn't like Reed because I think he's too strict. 
they start blaming him because like well reed said we should take this cut off <laughs> and you know now so they're all they're they're taking already animosity they're feeling towards him and just adding to it and they're blaming he's gonna be yeah. the scapegoat for this whole thing right i mean they hate hastings because right now you know to their mind they hastings is a piece of shit yeah but, but it they was can't reed, touch him. it was reed who uh, um kind of convinced us that we should go along with what hastings is suggesting so reed is now a piece of shit plus he's a He's a prick to begin with. That you know, his attitude and uh, his demeanor is is not a likable guy. So even more things. And now your your draft animals are dying of thirst. Your your people are are greatly weakened. Supplies are running out. And you know, this was not the way to go. But at that point in time, can't go back. You can't go back because again, the clock is ticking. So if you say this is definitely the wrong way. Uh, we got to go back to the to the fork in the road and go on the Oregon Trail. There's no way because even if you turned around and went the more prescribed route, the more uh, positive route or uh, well-traveled route, you're not going to get through those mountains any anytime sooner. You're, you're going to be you're screwed either way. So it's either press on. Or, you know, die here kind of a thing. So you really didn't have much choice. Um, I'm going to see if we can coach uh, Kahuna into saying it. What was a, a, a mantra, if you will, on uh, Game of Thrones for the Stark family? I, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. It's literally on the wall over there. Freaking winter is coming. Winter is coming. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what's it say? What's so fucking dramatic? The Donner Party. <laughs> the winter's coming. Oh, jeez. Well, winter is coming. Now. These guys got to figure out what they're going to do here. Now, uh, I did think this was worth noting. Reed does make a judgment call. It winds up being a really good move. He sends two guys, Stanton and McCutcheon, all right, which is uh, hilarious because both baseball players. I was names. about to say, they Jean sound Carlo like all-star <laughs> pitchers. <Yeah. laughs> need you to go over there with your fucking compass and see where the fuck we're going. Uh, so he sends uh, these two guys to uh, Sutter's Fort over in California to find John Sutter. Now, that is a, a different, different fort, different guy. Now, John Sutter, pretty good guy. Very, very accommodating, very generous to passerbys. Um, that's a man that can give you extra provisions to resupply and you know bring back so that you can make up for the stuff you lost on the extra days on your trip. Yeah, if you can get there, you're home. Yeah, uh, you can get over the mountains and into California into. Uh, and these two guys can move. They can cover right. a lot more ground than an entire wagon train full of. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not putting them down, but it, pregnant women are not the easiest to, to travel around with. You know? Yeah. Um, it's so science. They finally get through <laughs> biology. <laughs> Once you finally get through the Wasatch Mountains. You finally get across this freaking desert. Uh, a lot of your draft animals and, and livestock are now dead. Uh, you lost along the way. You finally got through that. You figure, well, shit, we got through the worst of it. Now the only last great hurdle is to get up over the mountains, get up over the Sierra Nevadas. So you're about 150 miles uh, from you know, uh a touchdown from uh, the goal line. It's a close. Five hour drive. It's so, <laughs> but they're, hour drive. they're already running out of uh, supplies. They realize that, you know, this took us way longer than we had anticipated, and they're running out of supplies. So Reed is smart enough to send these two guys. He said, you guys book. I mean, you're two young, able-bodied men. Uh, you're not going to be held up um, with the rest of the train and the kids and the, all the other baggage that we're trying to schlep into uh, California. You guys get up over those freaking mountains, get to uh, Sutter's Fort, and then uh, let them know what's going on here. And you can bring some supplies back to help us get up over this final hurdle, which is the Sierra Nevada Mountain. So uh, they send these guys off, and uh, the Donner Party's already experiencing losses, too. They're literally burying people along the way. Not good. 
Um, but uh, despite their absolute hatred for Hastings now, like you said, Dad, they're forced to follow in his tracks because Hastings a couple weeks ahead of him with this other group known as the Harlan Young Party, which, by the way, I Googled to see if they were related to Steve Young. <laughs> well, he went to Brigham Young University and then he was a 49er. I thought there maybe would be something in there. There's not. Nice <laughs> 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 try. The, uh, the party begins to split up in order to make better time. The families are kind of breaking off here. You know, you got uh, Team Davey, Team Tim, you know, splitting off, doing their own thing. Uh, now, uh, in order to make this better time, though, that when they did split up, two wagons wind up becoming entangled. Now, this is where the story gets, um, we're yeah. going to crank it up a notch. So, uh, You defined entangled, because I see it in my head, and I'm getting frustrated because that sounds like a simple problem. Um, I don't think back then it was simple. You're, you're going to like this. So the two wagons become entangled. One of them belonged to Reed, and another belonged to a popular but very frustrated man named John Schneider. Oh, uh, Okay. Okay. So as the wagons are becoming entangled, Schneider begins angrily beating Reed's ox with a whip, and Reed intervenes. Then Schneider tries to take the whip to Reed himself, and Reed plunges a knife into his collarbone, killing him. My nice. kind of guy. So, yeah, Reed is, uh, right. Reed's, uh, he's got sand. Short fuse. He's got sand. We'll call him that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, in, in Reed's defense... If there is such a thing that, uh, you know, you already came through the, the desert and you lost all these animals. And now this guy, this this teamster is now whipping uh, his oxen, Reed's oxen, and uh, rather than seeing the animal. Not that he has a great love for uh, for animal rights kind of a thing, but at the same time, you know, dude, you don't kill the oxen that's pulling your yeah. freaking wagon. Yeah, what are you what are you keying my car for? What are you doing? This is right. what I'm thinking. <laughs> Operational risk management. <laughs> oh, stop the wagon. Untangle the wagon. Proceed forward with the wagon. Right. You would think. After action report. Nam. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, well, uh, I would tempers think, are too, that, uh, nerves are a little bit on edge at this particular point oh, because, no you know, because uh, you, you're already you got through the desert and now you're you're traveling along the river before you make the final assault on this freaking mountain. But you're looking up at the mountains. You can already see that there's, you know, uh, snow clouds and uh, sprinkling of snow at the at the top of some of these uh, higher peaks, kind of a thing. So like, holy shit, you know, we we got to get this thing going here. Well, it's uh, now you plunge a knife into a guy. Um, there's going to be some consequences. However, you are. Uh, you're kind of out of the territory of U.S. law because you're, you're that far west right now. Sure. So the wagon trains had to have like their own kind of justice system, if you will. So they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. Um, the laws can't really be enforced out west. Uh, Reed's life winds up being spared. They, they want to string him up. There's people that want him dead. Okay. They agree they're going to spare him, but he gets banished from the party. So his family is allowed to continue. Remember his entire family? It's how, they're all allowed to continue with him, but Reed must ride off on his own. And his stepdaughter, Rebecca... Um, winds up getting to secretly sneak him a rifle and some other supplies so he doesn't die on the road. But uh, Yeah, but he's banished from the rest of the Oh, yeah, yeah. The the train. You, so. you, you walk five miles back. You can, you can still come with us, but you, five miles. <laughs> Not five. back. Yeah, they just left him by the... You know, oh, they didn't you, even... Yeah, you got to take off. Yeah. Later uh, actually, I thought this was a little tidbit that might come into a, a little bit later on, but uh, a guy by the name of uh, Kiesberg... Yes. He was all for stringing him up. He wanted to hang him right there. Ah, I forgot that. Okay. Yeah, he yeah. plays so, a big role so he wanted to, yeah. He wanted to string him up. He wanted to kill the guy um, for for killing the guy. 
which again we can talk about that a little bit later on but this guy by the name of keysburg uh who's also already suffered uh immeasurably with the loss of livestock and everything else that uh he wants to uh he wants to string up Reed. Cahoon's, uh tuck that name, Keysburg, into the, the back of your head here for a second. Keysburg. Um, but uh, they banish him from the train, so he goes off on his own. His daughter, uh, um, sneak, se- secret, yeah, secretly sneaks him out of some rifle and some provisions, but uh, he then takes off. Reed takes off, and not to be seen uh, until much later, but... Uh, I don't want to tip the hand here, but yeah, this is uh, we're in full nightmare mode now. Yeah, okay? it's uh, uh, people are disappearing and dying. Supplies are getting low. Morale is at a breaking point. Nobody trusts anybody. And the animals are getting just as weak as the people. This shouldn't feel normal for me. This, <laughs> this really should not feel normal for me. Right. It's, uh, I should be concerned, but I'm not. It's uh, I'll Chevy say Chase's vacation is, is nothing. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We ate Christy Brinkley. Uh, <laughs> well, it uh, depends on how you look at That's that. Uh, <laughs> what definition? Oh, never mind. Well, jeez, uh, <laughs> don't don't you be the lowest denominator in the room? Yeah, right. I'm you trying here. You I'm leave trying. that to us. Um, <laughs> Stanton uh, returns to uh, uh, returns from Sutter's Fort with supplies. All right, so Stanton and McCutcheon, two guys got sent back. McCutcheon stays back at Sutter's Fort. Stanton's able to make it back. Yeah, McCutcheon was sick. He he was not able to co- return back from Sutter's Fort. With, not the last we're going to hear from him. Though. Yeah, no, not the last. Certainly yeah. not. Certainly not. So Stanton returns from the, the fort with the supplies. He comes back with some mules and two Native American guides. Who, Lewis and Salvador. You want it? These are the losers within the loser. All right, Kahuna. These are lose reception again. These are. Uh, it hurts my soul that these guys even get mentioned in this story. Uh, Luis and Salvador, two Native American guides. He also brings news, by the way. He goes, uh, "Guys, I, I made it back. Here's some supplies. I know everything's murdered. Remember Reed, that guy we kicked out? Yeah, he made it to the fort. He's chilling. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, the guy a, that you banished from the rest of the train. See how much does better make people do when you travel by yourself. It's well, again, Reed's a tough guy too, yeah. man. It really, uh, and, and you wonder uh, how much better they would have fared if they just, you know, planned a little better. But uh, so Reed's back over there hanging out at the fort. Uh, he's nervous about his family. He's recuperating. He's beat up because the, the trip is just awful. But mm-hmm. he is nervous. His family's there. He still has some friends in the, you know, the party. So he's not, he's not just, you know, it's not spring break for him over there. Mm-hmm. But the uh, party had gone through absolute hell, and they had no idea the volume of hell was about to get turned all the way up. So, yeah, I mean, he did get back with with supplies, but only what I guess five or six mules could carry. Yep. And then you got a party of eighty-seven some people and dwindling, and and dwindling plus the animals and everything else. So, uh, and, and things are. Things are getting uh, darker as uh, as the days tick by. You'd think it would be. We talked about it earlier for another episode that we did on Pulaski, where you'd think it would be an honor to have something named after you. Um, Pulaski gets a bridge named after him that we all hate, so now we forget about how cool Pulaski was. Um, is it good when there's a mountain pass named after your party, Dad? Mm, yeah, well, no, not so much. Yeah. No reasons why. Oh, and the other thing, too, that once they got through the desert, um, they were they were attacked by Indians, and the Indians killed some more of the of mm-hmm. the animals. So, um, you know the the uh, the animals are dying off or being driven off or just killed outright. I read somewhere that the Indians killed the animals with poison poison arrows or something. But anyhow, the livestock is yes. definitely diminishing. Your supplies are diminishing, uh, and you still got 
probably the the toughest part of the ordeal. They figured they went through the worst already. No, not so much. But again, it's the unknown. But bah, bah, bah. now they got Now they have to. Um, they do have supplies come uh, into them. Whatever the pack mules could carry in. The decision was made. Hey, listen, we got. We got to get it over these mountains, and that's not going to be any easy task. Probably the best thing to do is to rest up for five or six days. Uh, again, bad mistake. That had they taken off like immediately, although they were they were beat to shit at that point. Uh, they probably had to rest up, but those five days again, the clock is ticking. That that proves to be another. Uh, catastrophic mistake now uh when we went hunting uh down in uh, south carolina uh, what you're looking for is like the first week in november is known as the rut that that's when the deers are the, the deer are out there mating and stuff like that and we were there just the week before and the temperatures all of a sudden end of you know october it, it can just drop like 10 15 degrees that's just in south now imagine you're doing that up in you know the, the sierra nevadas and uh this uh, this winter storm, they get hit by an unseasonably early winter storm at the end of October. They make matters worse. They're now stuck at this pass. It becomes known as the Donner, uh, you know, Donner Pass, um, and they're forced to make their winter camp near Lake Truckee, right? And uh, it's because they're stuck in these five to ten foot snowdrifts now. All right, so shit came out of nowhere. Yeah, um, the first snowstorm I think was a five footer. Oof. That's so. when I made it to Elko. So when I made it to Elko, Nevada, this was the only time I actually had actual trouble. It was like a blizzard with snowdrifts all happening at the same time to the point where my car overheated. So I had to pull over to the side oh, of the road, man. stop, let the snow just come on down, wait for the car to stop being too hot for some reason, and then carry on forward. But I know exactly where you're talking about. Like Lake Truckee, he's like in the shit. This, they're all in the yeah, shit. Totally. Right now. And uh, you know, you're sitting there like, oh my god, I'm about to eat these Native Americans I brought with me. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> this goes against my values. <laughs> Does it now? No. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. Uh, that's one reason we should have a video aspect of this podcast, just for Kahuna's face on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you liar. <laughs> Well, uh, now they build these cabins, right? And some cabins are nicer than others. There's some people living in tents. I mean, it's not a great camp. Yeah, the, 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 the wagon train, if you will, is somewhat separated at this point, too. You, you Donner's said like that they five split. miles back, right? Yeah, because uh, the Donners, there was two brothers uh, in the Donner party, two brothers with their wives and their, and their rugrats, their offspring. Um, but one of the Donner's wagons has a broken wheel or something so they stop along the along the way to try to fix that meanwhile the rest of the party is is continuing on so there's two different factions or split parties if you will at this particular point while the donners are trying to fix their wagon uh i think it was jacob donner um while he's trying to work george george yeah all right it was george donner he puts a chisel into his palm too that he cuts himself very badly mm. so that slows him up even more so now you got the, the one-armed guy trying to bring his family and wagon and all this other shit through the through the worst most difficult part dave and, do you catch the vibe that this uh the shit's hitting the fan <laughs> yeah, that's yes, definitely. <laughs> it's going from bad to worse uh quickly yeah so the donners are about five miles below the rest of the camp uh, his hand is all screwed up. That infection stays with him for um, months. Yeah. Yeah, months. It uh, gets pretty bad. The uh, Reed family, whose father, their patriarch, has been kicked out, and he made it, and the rest of them are, you know, fighting back here. 
they're having a rough go of it. They, uh, the family's mostly women, and they're now without a wagon at all, and the winter cabins were cramped and miserable. Once the cattle began to all die off, the families were forced to start eating leather, oxhide rugs, Ugh. ox bones were getting boiled, and then tried to turn into like a powder of some sort, but they would just crumble in your mouth. Dude, literally- you snort I'm, it. I'm, <laughs> yeah. But, but. Well, imagine we finish those wings here, right? But then we have to spend the next two months in here. We're going to start- Eating the felt off of the the podcast table, oh, yeah. you know, we're gonna say we're gonna start eating, uh, you know, the memorabilia that Ming has all around the room over here. The napkins yeah. don't taste that bad. Na- yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, we can go with the if napkins. We, if we dab the napkins in the buffalo sauce, <laughs> for as long as the buffalo sauce. And holds then month out. three comes it's, around, everyone's giving Big Kahuna looks like, why y'all look at me like that? <laughs> uh, no, it is. Um, it's wild to, to start thinking this, but this desperation is setting in here. Um, and then, like I said, they're eating. Um, they're forced to eat the, uh, their dogs as well. Okay, that's always terrible. That's actually the part that made me feel worse about this entire story. We just don't value human lives the way we do dog lives. Um, there were some minor successes had. There was a guy in the group named William. Uh, is, you want to call him Eddie or Edie? What do you want to call him, Dad? I called. I saw it was Eddie. Okay, we'll call him William Eddie. Let's just call him Eddie. Yeah, yeah. I'll call him William Eddie. He was. Uh, Did you have a friend named Roger Rabbit? That's <laughs> <laughs> well, he was the best hunter in the group actually, and he was able to down a bear. So uh, he came back with bear meat for everybody in the camp, and they were like, "Oh, holy! This guy's this guy rules." How do you do it? Well, Toon killed his brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, not for nothing too. The there is this lake right here. That whole lake that could be fished, and you could get trout out of that. But none of these guys know how to fish. What the fuck? What is the use? <laughs> what is your purpose? Yep. <laughs> Can you imagine being a kid during like witnessing oh, all this and being like, "How are my parents such great A fuck ups?" <laughs> oh my god! What do you mean, Dad? You don't know how I'm to supposed fish? to look what up the to you? Fuck? That's <laughs> you had nothing. <laughs> it's that why you never one. took me fishing? No, I don't know how to fish. It's uh, they're getting in a bad spot here. Uh, now, one of the men in the Donner camp, uh, because. In order to get communications back between where Donner's cabin was and the rest of the party, you'd have to send somebody to make a five-mile trek to get there and back. And uh, they get down there, they find out that uh, three of the men in the Donner camp are dead, and one of the men on his uh, his own deathbed admitted to murdering one of the other men. Hmm. All right, so it's getting bad. The dudes are snapping. They're going full shining on these guys now. Uh, the children of the uh, were starving. The Reed family is forced to eat their own roof. Nice. Ah, yep. shackle. Oh, yeah, an oxide. Oxide. I'm curious what you have to say now. Yeah. Well, I was thinking to myself, you know, what they say in the Navy when the going gets tough, go in a repair locker and kill yourself. But uh, I, I, now I'm stuck on the whole. You're right there. <laughs> <laughs> you good? I'm thinking, how do you do, do you burn the roof? Do you take off the roof and then burn it? It was an oxide roof, right, Dad? Yeah, I think it was an oxide so they're roof. Gonna, yeah, so they're going to... From the oxen that they lost they would, from... It's just two yeah. staples. Cut that, and they would boil it. Ooh. You'd boil it down, and it would be... Um, I, I believe the term they used was disagreeable. Disagreeable right? paste. <laughs> yeah. so like unseasoned jerky. The uh, worst I, texture you could possibly imagine. That might well, be better than what they had. <laughs> <laughs> take a pair of leather shoes and uh, boil it up and see what you... See how tasty that might be. Forks, uh, knives, or are they just fucking hot dogging it? I would, I'm, I'm, I would I'm a man of detail. <laughs> I would assume that they had some cutlery, but uh, you know, I don't know how uh, how useful it's going to be. Not a bowel was moved <laughs> after <laughs> such a meal. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, we're uh, not running right out there, of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> not a bowel was moved. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Not a single laxative was brought on this expedition. Yeah, shitting. We ran out of Charmin. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I now want to make this you children's know, book, at, The Donner Party by Dr. Seuss. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> at first, I wanted this to be a movie. I was like, please let there be a really good movie about this. And then, like, the farther there, there we is. go, I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's uh, is that like a musical? Fuck a musical. No, I'm saying. I think they well, there's a couple. A I no, my you're, son. you're thinking of Elf. Cannibal the Musical. Yeah. Which is, uh, that's another incident uh, of Cannibal. Good lord. <laughs> but that, that was, uh, fun fact, that movie was done by the guys who made South Park. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, yeah. It was oh, Trey wow. Parker's uh, senior year film school project. Yeah. yeah it's called it's the Alfred Packer story. Yep. Which I believe happened chronologically after the Donner Party. So. The horror of the Donner Party was still fresh in everybody's mind when this other guy got accused of eating people. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, we're getting there, guys. We're getting there. All right, we got some. Uh, we're going to talk about this one wild thing here, real quickly. Um, so the man is uh, in the Donner camp is confessing to having murdered another one of the other men. Um, they're eating their roof. Uh, he ate my leather. So, uh, <laughs> I needed to kill him. You're, you <laughs> really <laughs> my honor. <laughs> You're pretty spot on there, bro. You're gonna you think I'm making this up. You're gonna think I'm making this up. Some piece of shit named Graves. Okay. Of course. Okay. Of Graves. Course. Yep. Yep. Stops by, knocks on what's left of the front door of the Reed cabin, and says, "Hey, you owe me some money." Uh, what the fuck? And they say, "Well, we have nothing other than these oxhide strips for our roof." And he goes, oh, okay, I'll take those. And so they've now lost the roof of their own house. This guy from Jersey? That's crazy. <laughs> is, a is that promoter. our Jersey tie No, Jersey. Oh, dude, it is brutal. Uh, takes that as the payment. Now, this brings us to the segment known, Dad, as the Forlorn Hope. You want to explain Forlorn that? Forlorn Hope, Fall yeah. New Vegas. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, these people are on oh, yeah. desperate, desperate times. The snow is already, you know, eyeball deep. Any animals that were possibly still alive might have wandered out into the snowdrift. They can't find the animals because when you get snowfalls at five five feet at a clip, if that animal died, he's just going to be who knows where out out there. That you can't be recovering that. So um, they decide that they're going to try to snowshoe it out. That they're going to make their own snowshoes, fashion it up with strips of whatever leather might be left over and strips of wood and that's another thing too even firewood when you get five seven ten feet of snow even to find firewood is 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 tough and there's nothing like you're not going to find anything laying on the ground it's whatever you might be able to chop down if you have the strength from being so malnourished too I, I won't say his name but do you remember the one camping trip we were on yes I do yes I do and, uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes it has to have been bad that's the as scoutmaster I had to tell the kids um, Mr. X really doesn't know a live tree from a green tree a dead tree or whatever but yeah, well, the guy was, brought us back firewood horse. with like green leaves still saying, he goes, yeah that'll burn good <laughs> yeah sorry uh, anyhow, um, the, this this forlorn hope shoe, snowshoe party, um, they make up 14 pairs of snowshoes, including men, women, and children. All edible. Uh, well, uh, yeah, we find that out as the we men, go. women, and children all edible. But uh, they decided that they're they're probably the 14 of the hardiest of people remaining mm. within this party that they decide because they're only like 12 miles from the summit they're very close to getting over the top and, and out of this whole predicament mm-hmm. so they decided they're going to take off on this mission um along with the two native american guides that came back from uh 
um, Sutter's Ford. And the camp's best hunter, William Eddy, is with him. And, and his camp's best yeah. hunter, William Eddy. So they, they decided that Eddy is probably one of the better uh, nourished kinds of guys because he hasn't been out on the whole uh, desert and everything else. Uh, he was coming back from, from California. He's the guy who came back from California with the supplies. No, that was Stanton and McCutcheon. No, see, see, I'm all screwed yeah. up. Don't worry, there's see, a lot of names. A lot of names. A lot of I'm names. sitting around here also looking at everybody, and I'm like, everyone here is thinking, who's going to be the first to get cooked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, someone's dying. I'm, I'm happy Wait. to tell you guys we have arrived at that point in the story. Yes. <laughs> right. So a guy by the name of Franklin Grave is the one who fashions 14 pairs of these snowshoes for Party of 17, okay? Like we said, William H. Eddy is now the party's best. The reason he's in good shape, that is because he's the one who shot the bear. So he had access to a little more bear meat. Oh, okay. I got yeah, his wife actually you. snuck a, a pack of uh, an extra like pound, I think, of the bear meat in there, which which comes into the story here in a second. And like I said, the two Native American guides, they embark on this mission to hopefully cross that mountain pass. They take with them six days of rations, a rifle and some blankets. The journey becomes known as the Forlorn Hope. Tim, do you think that sounds like it worked out okay? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. <laughs> You know, my associate's degree has made me credible enough to say, no, I don't think that went well. Yeah. Nope. Uh, You're known as the forlorn hope. I don't think it's going to go well for you. Yeah. So now Stan, the hero from Fort Sutter, okay, who was straggling behind everybody, he's the one who made it back. Okay. Uh, the original guys. My bad. So now uh, the names get very familiar here. So uh, Stanton is, uh, he's like maybe two or three days behind them. They find his body on the trail in the same spot they last saw it a year later. Huh. Stan's done. He's over. All right. So... Um, now, what's crazy, too, is that Stanton is the one who made it back with the mules and everything. So if he had stayed at, you know, uh, Fort Sutter, he probably would have been okay to, you know, it would have been understandable if he had waited, but he wanted to get back to the people. So unfortunately, that guy, that's that decision got him killed. Fucking Lord. So what happens so, when you play hero? Yeah. That's <laughs> a clarity here, then. Stanton left the party when they got through yeah. the desert. Stanton and McCutcheon. Went to California, got the supplies, came back with some of the supplies but mm -hmm. then immediately turned around again and go back to california to, for some more additional supplies no no no, no. he they, they sent him ahead okay and then he uh, rejoined the group with the oh, mules okay. and he's right. the one who said hey by the way reed made it right so the guy you kicked out of the party sometimes getting kicked out of a party is a good thing you pick That's up on that right, so. right. but uh you're now, not there for the arrest one, one party i'd rather leave early yeah <laughs> well uh now here's the part where we get to uh just the bloodbath um so they find Stanton's body, and uh, Franklin Grave himself, the guy who fashioned the shoes, he passes away soon enough as well. It's at this point in the story we get into the really dark stuff. So a few days into the journey, most of the party is now snowblind. They didn't know that you can't really see anything while you're out there. That's like you're just getting you're pretty. It's like welding without goggles on for <laughs> hours at a time. Oh. So yeah, because of the sun's reflection off the bright snow and everything else, you literally do. That is a, a real thing, snowblind, mm -hmm. that you can't see for shit. It's like going in a really bright, bright outdoors and then coming into the dark, you can't see shit for a while because your eyes just haven't adjusted. That it's uh, like a sensory overload kind of a thing with all the bright light reflecting and off the snow. And they're traveling by day, which a lot of people suggest you don't do um, in those conditions. It's a lot of bad stuff. They don't know what they're doing. They're inexperienced still. But... Uh, now, uh, they decide that uh, since others are dying and uh, some people have turned back and most of the party is snowblind, before anybody dies, someone makes a suggestion. They're like, hey, uh, we, should do, uh, we should do Thunderdome rules. And uh, we set two of you up to duel, and uh, the whoever, whoever loses, we eat that guy. 
It's a legit thing they suggested. I'm a little aroused. That's no. very good. <laughs> <laughs> I was that was fair, but Tim, of course. Well, <laughs> Yeah. Well, luckily, it doesn't come to that because people just start dying naturally, and they decide, "Well, we're going to eat them." They go, "Whoo!" Coming to theaters this summer, Mad Max Donner Pass. Oh, yes. You want to get out of here? You talk to me. But uh, one member of the party uh, goes completely mad. Okay, uh, strips his clothes off, runs into the woods, dies a few later, uh, a few hours later, and by all accounts, he oh, was Woodstock. delicious. Right. <laughs> So they eat this guy, all right? Um, By all accounts, he was delicious. Now, Eddie and the uh, two Native Americans refuse to eat the flesh. The rest of the party's engaging in cannibalism now. Yeah. So Eddie yeah. and the two Native Americans, they're saying, no, we're okay. Um, <laughs> the group began discussing killing the Native Americans and eating them until Eddie warned them and they quietly disappeared. I've never had dark meat. <laughs> What's that taste like? <laughs> well, dude, that's why you always got to learn the language of the people you're working with. You're like, are they planning to eat us? I can't tell. <laughs> Somebody let me know. These Polish guys keep yelling at me. Hey, where did those two dudes go? That's <laughs> I've never seen someone salivate while staring at me. <laughs> 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 the problem. Uh, all right, there, Pennywise. So the uh, <laughs> the group is openly discussing killing those natives. They disappear quietly. The group uh, then takes the flesh off of four of their fallen comrades mm. and dries it out. So we're using we're using methods of preservation for this meat here. Okay, yeah. and get this: they weren't all animals. Okay, they did label who was who, so you didn't have to eat your own relatives. Ben. <laughs> Jackie, is that, what the fuck? this is this is cousin Tim. Oh, you got a bag of Maggie over there? Is there a bag of Matt? Some oh, guys left. No, this is Steve. I want Maggie. Jesus Christ! Open Maggie was so ears. soft. She was Look so soft. Look at Jacqueline's breast. Jacqueline's <laughs> <laughs> breast. I always wanted to feel her boobs. This is a little excessive. <laughs> Fall it's in there now. Fall off the bone tender. Oh, gross, gross, gross. Why does this taste like silicone? Oh, you bitch! <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, unfortunately, a couple days after this, uh, Eddie is now out of uh, the bear meat that his wife had packed for him, and he finally gives in and consumes uh, some her. flesh against his wife. Huh? Oh, her. Uh, uh, never mind. I was just... No, no, no. He, he, uh, uh, if there is a hero in the story, Eddie's about as close to one of them as we're going to get. Okay. Um, he finally gives in, consumes some flesh against his will. He went. Uh, he goes out hunting, and he's lucky. He's like, he's like, holy shit, I got a deer. He comes back with a deer. Now, let me tell you guys, uh, the, there's a lot of meat on a deer, especially if you're starving, okay? Yes. Even if you're just doing, like, you know, trophy hunt, you want a backstrap or something, that's a lot of meat in there. That's a lot of good eating, too. And the whole thing is that he gets back, he goes, guys, I got deer meat. And they're like, oh, we're sort of eating other people in the camp. <laughs> you animals. <laughs> So, you just he probably just shook it. his head, threw the deer on the ground, walk off, and he threw his hands up in the air like, oh, screw you, take the deer with you. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Exactly. Yeah, eating people's where I draw the line. Oh, my God. Um, but up until this point, all the people's flesh that had been consumed had died passively on their journey. Okay, mm. So it wasn't like they, they there was no murder going on just yet here. But uh, that changes on the 25th so no day of their journey. 25th days, okay? 25 days. 25 uh, days. That's how confused I am. Oh, God, I need to eat somebody. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they started out with uh, Relax, what they sir. thought the very minimal rations that they took with them was going to last them for six days. Yeah, so six days were the rations. So now they're, they're 25, 25 days out. Well yeah, said. That itself with rations. Oh, dude, you know, I can go so many days without food. That's how tough I am, bro. Dude, this whole journey wasn't shit. 
We're not, in, we're not yeah. in Jersey. There's one dude from Jersey in that group, let's be honest. And he got um, fucking eaten. Yeah, we, we find a... Uh, my father has a Jersey connection for this one, believe uh, it or not. Uh -oh. What? So, let's do this. Yes, uh, some of the remains were given to a cluck you in Eaton Town where they were prepared for all of it. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> but, uh, I'm down. It's, uh, on the 25th day of this journey, the party now discovers the, uh, the Native American guides. Okay, they find them again who have still not eaten anything after nine days Jeez. and were lying down near death. And a guy who we're going to call a little bit of a dick <laughs> named William Foster walks up to them both and just shoots them blank on the ground. Good Lord. Okay? And his theory yeah, yeah, is... They, they, the Native Americans hadn't had anything, anything to eat for nine days and hadn't experienced the warmth of a fire for at least three. Mm -hmm. Ugh, dude. So they, they were... Suffering. They were in a bad way, but these were the the same two guys that refused to eat yeah. human flesh. At what point is it just mercy killing? I mean, I may know a yeah, thing or that. two about a thing or two. I'm just saying that uh, when you eat human flesh, you may or may not be a little bit more crazier than before the act. So mm -hmm. obviously, William Foster, already with the onset of cannibalism, knowing that he just committed something that he'll never forget... I'm pretty sure that shooting the Native Americans who were already near death didn't mean shit to him anyway. Like a sliding scale morality yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Where he's just like, oh, fuck it, I already ate somebody. The yeah. When you introduce me on stage, can you call me Joker? <laughs> <laughs> you get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> so now uh, they, they mind... It, it's bizarre here, man. They're actually able to make their way over to... Um, uh, they, they do wind up eating the flesh of the Native American guides. Then they bump into some more Native Americans in a... <laughs> The area, the local indigenous tribe was the Miwok. We'll call them that, Dad. Is that for Yeah, good for me. M-I-W-O-K. Until uh, somebody corrects us on it. You're all screwed up with that. Well, uh, Eddie now finds uh, one of their camps, and the crew uh, enters this camp, this Miwok village, if you will. And um, they're so ragged-looking and beat up that the Native Americans actually run from them. Like, they like literally think they the think Walking the Dead walking just came, dead. Yeah, White Walkers just came into the camp. <laughs> Zombies. Yeah. Right. So they wind up realizing, like, oh, wow, these people are just in a bad way here. They scrounge up some food for them. They give them, like, little stuff, like, uh, I think they gave them uh, uh, grass, like nuts, you know, whatever they were scavenging. Gatorade. Were, yeah. <laughs> I just pictured, like, the, the slow Gatorade commercial where uh, it's just Eddie chugging a, a, yeah, a lemon lime. A power bar. His Gatorade <laughs> prevents cannibalism. His hands got, like, dried blood on it, too. Just, like, the, the subtlety of it. <laughs> hmm. uh, that's the next commercial for your YouTube channel, KP. There you that's, go. That's oh, dark. <laughs> dark. Um, but now uh, they make it to that uh, village, and then with the help of a, a, a Miwok guide, uh, Eddie's now able to make it to the Sacramento Valley and sent a rescue party from the small farming community that he found. The party was rescued a few days later. The rations for six days on this crew of Forlorn Hope, the journey had now taken them 33 days. Jesus Beautiful. Yeah. And they were able to track where Eddie had come from because he finally makes it into the Sacramento Valley, to one of the ranches in the Sacramento Valley. And they were able to backtrack his trail by the blood and the snow oh. from, from his bloody uh. feet from traveling through the snow so do you think that they had to have a conversation when they entered this this camp the native american camp don't mention yeah. what we just did <laughs> just tell them we've been eating bark it'd be hilarious if there was no way to communicate and like we really shouldn't have eaten lewis and salvador man they might have known how to talk to these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know in so. retrospect william not a good move <laughs> Well, now, here's the craziest part. So that, that rescue uh, that's going to happen, there's now, in order to, to save the Donner Party that's trapped there, you now have 
you you've created a lifeline but there's going to be it takes two months to get everything kind of situated from mm. there Jeez. there's going to be three rescue attempts now reed okay has he attempted a rescue uh, for his family and his friends, but he was unsuccessful due to the weather, and he had been abandoned by members of his own rescue party. Uh, he also, in order to get any help at all, had to promise to join uh, John Fremont's uh, uh, California Army, if you will. So, pretty well. Fremont's going to be a loser on another episode because he's really an interesting guy. He's essentially a, a domestic terrorist that gave us California. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, in retrospect, that's kind of a problem <laughs> <you>. now. <It's, laughs> yeah, at the time, it was great. You know, at the, we we got well, we we got Heather Locklear out of the deal, but it is what it is. Um, but now, uh, LP, jump in whenever you have something else here, man. Uh, I'm just trying to put a date on this whole thing because the, the first heavy snowfall was like October 28th. That's when they. Mm-hmm things shut down they made the attempts to get over the top of the uh the summit and that went bad and then they started building these makeshift cabins and huts and that type of a thing at the uh, at the lake and at the uh, the donner party encampment um which was i think five five or so miles away from the larger party at Truckee lake oh they if you want to know what the bottom of the barrel was it was the donner cabin yeah uh, so at uh, the donner pass um you know the, the the snowshoe uh the snowshoe party if you will that tried to hoof it out there again that took them another 33 days so i mean we're, we're definitely into january february at this point and you know if anything you know anything about the weather conditions things aren't getting too rosy anytime soon in the top of the sierra nevada mountains so we're, we're all good here but um now rescue attempts that they're going to try to send from from California, that's getting screwed up too because we're fighting with the Mexicans. So any of the army troops and that type of stuff that might have been stationed there, able-bodied men in general, a- able-bodied men in general, either off fighting with the militia forces against the Mexicans, that just wasn't anybody really to send back to them. Although they were offered some pretty substantial uh, uh, pay rates for going on this rescue mission, but. That's also a you know potential suicide mission in itself. That you know I'm gonna get my own ass stuck in the top of the mountains yep. and uh, freeze to death. So um, you know it wasn't the uh, um, it wasn't very well received as far as going back out there and, and helping helping people out. Um, I think the first relief party uh, started out with uh, seven guys. From the Johnson Ranch, that was the uh, Sacramento Valley Ranch that uh, they Eddie ended up. To, yeah. um, that started on February the fifth. So now these people have been going from October twenty eighth. Now it's February fifth, and they're still in dire straits and living off of uh, boiled oxide, uh, you know, and bark off of trees and that kind of shit. So they're totally emaciated at this point. Well, and the mental breakdown, too, is getting wild because when those rescuers finally come into camp, uh, one of the first women that sees uh, them uh, pops up out of a snowbank and just goes, are you men from California or heaven? They had no idea. <laughs> what? They had no idea what they were doing. Now, they're able to bring some of the people back with them, but they're forced to leave other, people's with prom- uh, other people behind like with a plan to return, mm-hmm. and they left you some supplies and shit like that so you're not eating your tent again. But... Uh, <laughs> It's um, it's wild. On the way down the mountain, the first rescue party bumps into the second rescue party, which included James Reed. Okay, so James Reed is on his way in with the second rescue party now, and he sees his wife. And upon hearing her husband's voice, Margaret Reed just completely collapses on her black, like just just blacks out, almost crazy in shock because 
I thought I was never seeing this guy again. Uh, and by the way, pretty wild, the Reed family, uh, that is one of the only families that survives intact <laughs> after the whole. So literally, the guy who, uh, such a dick, let's, I fucking hate this guy, he's the worst. Hey, dude, let's banish him out of the camp. Let's, uh, yeah, and then uh, what? People, we're going to be mean to his family. His family is, the women in that family had the worst go of it because they didn't have a guy to kind of stand up for him. And then they were in the dire straits because they were becoming poor and poor. They lost their wagon. But that family actually survived and made it through. So pretty wild on that whole thing. Yeah, when your dad's a hard ass, you kind of inherit all of his little quirks. Mm -hmm. So I think that went a long way. Uh, totally. And, and just the idea that um, that they I, – I, I get a kick out of it that the Reed part falls out of history, that it's no longer the Donner-Reed party. It's the Donner party. So – uh, yeah, you were able to take your name off of the thing that's synonymous with eating people. What are you talking about? That wasn't my fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, the first party um, of uh, seven men uh, on February 5th leaves uh, the Johnson Ranch. They arrive at the lake on February the 19th. So, I mean, again, <laughs> the clock is ticking here. Meanwhile, these people are starving to death. Uh, the second party the second relief party um, finally arrives at the lake. That's the Reed, the Reed bunch. Correct. Uh, on March the first. So I mean, again, the the clock is ticking here. That and he comes upon them. And, you know, as you said, that that first party that came in there when they got to the lake, when they the first relief party arrived at the lake, they're looking around and they're like, "There's nobody here," and end up out of a snowbank. This ghostly figure. This wisp of a, of a woman in, in tattered rags and everything else comes comes out of nowhere and like holy shit that's what that's what's left of mm -hmm. uh, that's what's left of her well they're about to find some stuff too uh, yeah the second rescue party is led by this badass mountain man dude named john turner who was like the the big swinging dick of these here woods kind of a thing um and when they get to this camp they start seeing unspeakable horrors there's dead and dying children just complete sick shit here there was uh, sights of children who were eating their own father, okay? <laughs> Literally living off of his organs. Yeah, I forgot about the kids up until now. Yeah, and uh, a man walking around carrying a human leg, like a turkey leg at the Renaissance Fair. Fuck yeah. I swear to God, this is not made up. The guy's name was Trudeau, okay? <laughs> nice. The guy's name was Trudeau, and they show him. I think there's a picture of him in the Wikipedia article. Uh, I, I, it's okay if you can't find it, Coons. But um, he's literally walking around carrying a human leg, and they're like, hey, Hey, re rescue party walks up. What's up, buddy? What's up? And he goes, oh, nothing. And just throws the leg into a hole. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I can relate. Uh, so, um, complete shock over here when they're seeing this stuff. Mm. Now, there is a lot of uh, heroism, though, that's cool here. Because uh, uh, one thing with that is that a heroic rescuer named John Stark refused to leave these nine children behind. So what he did is that he would carry one under each arm take them forward like 10 feet drop them and go back get another sort and, and literally just kind of like what would you even call that like piggybacking or, or leapfrogging leapfrogging yeah i mean it, stark was with two other rescuers right so there was three rescuers and they were taking a bunch of these kids out and um the kids couldn't go on they just couldn't walk anymore they were just too malnourished emaciated whatever you want to call it to continue on under their own power so the two other guides each grabbed the kid i believe and carried him out mm -hmm. but this guy stark then would grab two kids at a time walk like a couple of yards set them down in the snow go back and get the rest of them and, and just piggyback you know leapfrog them from 
a couple of yards at a time kind of a thing down off them down off the mountain into California. It's like stores on load, but everyone's still hiding in the general workshop. <laughs> so it's just... Stop playing inside baseball. Sorry. <laughs> For the four people that are going to hear that and get it, they'll enjoy it. But <laughs> um, it, it, it is wild, though, dude. And we are wrapping up here. I know you guys got stuff to do today. Uh, but when Eddie makes it back on the third rescue, so this is the guy who literally, the, the forlorn hope champion, if you will, he makes it back on the third rescue. Uh, he finds that uh, his children and his wife are dead. Okay. And this real piece of shit named uh, Kiesberg. Remember we were telling you about him? Oh, go Kiesberg. Yep. Uh, he goes, oh, yeah, I ate one of your kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh. Does yeah. he really? He, he literally goes, oh, yeah, I ate one of your kids, man. And um, sorry, bro. Eddie, <laughs> don't mind me. It's the disassociation. <laughs> uh, that's re- that was a redemption shot there, buddy. What a weird um, Muppet movie this is going to be. That's a, oh, yeah, yeah. so Eddie told <laughs> <Muppet> him. <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> by yeah. the way, if we're going to play that rule, by the way, where we said uh, that there was that meme that I saw that was hilarious. It was uh, you're allowed to keep one person in the movie, but everyone else is played by uh, uh, Muppets. So I'm going to have uh, uh, Kiesberg is the only person who's everyone else's Muppets. <laughs> nice. But, I picked a Steven Seagal movie, but I forgot which one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> Out for justice. It's uh, I, I can't tell you guys on air <laughs> the one movie. that I got told by a, a, a female friend of mine. But uh, actually, I can. She did, uh, again, the rule is uh, you take a movie, you keep one actor or actress, the rest of the cast is played by Muppets. She chose Fifty Shades of Grey, keep Dakota Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so just a a little levity here to get us back to our cannibalism uh, in wrapping up. Uh, So, like I said, Eddie makes it back to camp now. He's literally risked his entire life for everything. Wife and kids are dead, and Kesberg goes, oh, yeah, I ate one of your kids, man, sorry. And uh, Eddie tells me, me, goes, goes, if you ever make it to California, I'm going to fucking kill you. And the guy said, well, I don't understand why everybody's being such a dick about this. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this guy snapped a long time oh, ago. Yeah. Now, here's the yeah. worst part, because you know where we're going with this, right, Dad? Oh, what they find in his cabin? Yeah. T- the, the kid eater? T- yeah, well, tell him. This guy, he, he literally, he's openly admitting to eating a kid. Right. So, go and ahead. they go into like the Albert cabin Fish and they style find... style or Ed Gein style? It, it's, everything you're thinking is worse. Oh, okay. great. Okay, well, just... just yeah, because they're finding all kinds of body parts uh, yeah, yeah. within this guy's cabin or tent or whatever you yeah. want to call it. I draw the line at lampshades. He like. had a pot full of human remains that he was heating over a fire. Oh, shit. Okay. That's um, beautiful. And stolen money that he had taken from the Donners. And then they also said, he, there's a lot of people that are like, hey, uh, what happened to so-and-so? And he goes, oh, yeah, she was going to take a walk over that way. So he's murdering people and consuming their flesh. So there was some real reluctance there, but then there was just this one guy who was just like, oh, I'm the going serial all killer. In. He was living. Oh his yeah, life. yeah. He was. He, he was made some... up a story in his own head that was, you know, resolving him from. I'm pretty sure, like the, on day three of this uh, like expedition, he's probably just like. Man, I hope this. I'd be like eating people. It'd be so fucking cool, dude. <laughs> what if this like goes really bad? Dude? It'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> well, he uh, they, they completely like 
first of all, once you find the human remains in a, a pot over a stove, uh, you're kind of out of excuses. You're yeah, not I'm, there's no. I'm turned <laughs> off by the smell. I would just look at the guy and just be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Well, they they told him. They said uh, that the rescue party goes, "We're going to lynch you in this camp because we know you're lying to us." Oh yeah. And he maintained his innocence on a lot of that stuff and everything. Um, now he actually uh, he lives. Okay. They they bring, yep. What? They bring him back into civilization and has a town named after him. Now Eddie is uh, Eddie goes after. It wants to go after him, and Reed goes. You just you can't do it. You got to let him go. But so this guy winds up living a life completely ostracized by society. So he becomes the villain of the Donner Party. So the other people that they get forgiven, like oh, well, yeah. So they're like, well, Eddie is um, you know Eddie consumed flesh, but he had to do it to stay alive. Other people had this. Um, Reed killed a guy, but it was in self-defense for his oxen, kind of a thing. They're willing to look past all these crimes, but Keysburg becomes the villain, and he's ostracized. Never amounts to anything in his life. He kind of, you know, becomes a shut-in. He's a pariah in the community. Nobody wants to deal with him. Well, Keysburg really took it on as a, as a lifestyle kind of a thing. The yeah. only way to survive is by killing. Uh, yeah. He had a modus operandi too, because he was gaining more than just sustenance. He was taking people's personal belongings. Like, oh yeah, but he's stockpiling money, so he thinks he's getting back. Yeah, totally. Now, um, George Donner's infection, remember he had cut his hand open yeah. with the chisel? Yeah. Uh, it had spread all the way up, his gangrene all the way up to his shoulder. Yeah, he got uh, blood poisoning. And he's never going to make it out of there, so they agree that they're going to leave him behind. And uh, he winds up, uh, when the final disposal party goes up there, because there's yeah. three waves of rescue, and there's, hey, we got to do something about these. The, the cleanup. The bodies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cleanup crew. Do something. There's a cleanup. Well said, Tim. Um, they send the cleanup crew, Wet and uh, they find uh, the body. And uh, it, unfortunately, Donner has only died a couple of days before they got there. They still wouldn't have been able to save him. He was way too far gone. But uh, they send a crew over there to start kind of cleaning it up, if you will, here. But um, I'm going to – there's a way out of this one, LP, but uh, I'm going to – I want to end on your note because I think it's a really damn good one. Um, but like I said, Reed's family is still intact. Reed winds up doing well for himself in the gold rush, and his stepdaughter Rebecca winds up writing about her experiences with the Donner Party uh, and then gets heavily revised – by her father, which like it was a lot of hardship, and um, you know, we definitely didn't need each other. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so, know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not all the uh, it, about half the party resulted to cannibalism. The other half, like again, it, it's very weird. It's almost like in a horror movie, uh, the girl who uh, maintains her virginity uh, yeah. lives in the end. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like that the the Reed family, because they were it was mostly women and young children, and they did not uh, partake in eating, you know, people that. That's why their family got to, you know, come back whole. <laughs> yeah. So pretty wild stuff, man. But that rescue process takes over two months, all right? It's ridiculous. Uh, and uh, of the 87 people, the 87 people of the Donner Party that entered the mountains that winter, only 48 survived. It's a good ratio. Yeah, it's not too bad. Oof. That was like the last ship. You know, we lost 50 people due to mental instability, but it's okay. We could still man a proper watch. Ah, oh, Tim. <laughs> the fourth rescue party uh, showed up on April the 17th, so they went. That was the, the final guy. That's when Keysburg was uh, discovered, uh, April 17th, right. with the fourth rescue party. He's sitting there like, oh, hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you. Yeah. You're getting rescued. <laughs> hey, I got something cooking on the stove. You want any? I didn't know where you're coming. I would have made more. Yeah. Uh, uh, got three kids left over. In this whole shut the fuck up. <laughs> in this whole Donner Party thing, uh, some statistics, if you will. Two thirds of the men, uh, two thirds of the men in the party perished. Two thirds of the women and children lived. 
41 individuals died and 46 survived. In the end, five had died before reaching the mountains and 35 perished either at the mountain camps or trying to cross the mountains, and one died just after reaching the valley. Yeah. Uh, so, And of course, most everybody suffered frostbite in one form or mm -hmm. another. Um, where the heck did I put it? It, it's dark, but uh, I'm very excited because he has a Jersey connection for this. Yeah, there is a there is a Jersey connection here. Um, the war with Mexico is uh, over. California is its own independent republic, if you will. There's a, an army guy that made a name for himself uh, in New Mexico and in California while the war was going on. Uh, the army was against, was at odds with the navy because San Diego was actually captured by uh, the navy sending um, sailors ashore. Mm. Anyhow, um, on June twenty second, eighteen forty seven. So that's a little more than a year since when the Donner Party first started out from from Independence, Missouri. But uh, General Stephen Watts Carney. Heading east, in other words, he's coming from California, heading back east. Coon, his ears just perked up. We got uh, him. General Stephen Watts Carney, heading east, reaches what he calls the cannibal camp um, <laughs> with what um, is known as the Mormon Battalion. The Mormon Battalion was the only religious organization that had a battalion in the U.S. Army uh, during the Mexican War. But uh, Mormon Battalion veterans in his party gather the remains uh, into the, the Breen cabin. Breen was one of the families that went there. Do you know their battle call, by the way, the Mormon Battalion? Knock, knock, motherfucker. <laughs> you were waiting for that, weren't you? <laughs> I, I wrote it in the car that on the way down. I was man on that one. I waited. I wrote it in the car on the way down. But they, uh, the veterans of this party, Carney's party, uh, gathers up whatever remains, uh, possessions, whatever could be found. Now it's June 22nd, so the snow's gone and everything else, but they gathered everything up into the, this one Breen cabin, which was one of the families. The bodies are buried and their cabin is uh, set, uh, set afire. And of course, uh, Cahoons, you recognize the name Carney? Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you know about Carney? I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about no, it. You can... Well, in New Jersey, there is a Carney, New Jersey. Uh, actually, that Carney, New Jersey, was not named after uh, Stephen Watts Carney, the guy that we're talking about right now, but his nephew, uh, Phil uh, Phil Carney. Um, but Carney was one of the foremost uh, frontier officers for the U.S. Army. Uh, his significant contribution in the Mexican-American War, and especially in New Mexico and California. But uh, General Stephen Watts Carney, who came upon the cannibal camp on June 22nd, was born August 30th in our own Newark, New Jersey. So there's our... There's our very loose Jersey connection, but it was and the final a town named after you. Yeah, on the, the border. The final cleanup detail, if you will, got um, in was led by a uh, uh, a Jersey boy. Um, I had another little interesting little tidbit here. Um, you guys want some wings? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with that delicious sauce. But. Uh, um, what what was the the became to be known as the Donner Pass? So that that route, if you will, was taken by others afterwards. Once, but you know, they left a little earlier than uh, 
what the, the Donner party, yeah, right, a yeah. little better timing on that. But that became a major pass into into California, and people stopped going through the Oregon Trail and going over the, the what became known as the Donner Pass. Um, and for years, that was a way back and forth into uh, the transcontinental kind of a thing. Even the transcontinental railroad took the Donner Pass to get from California to uh, to the east. Um, later on, there was something called the Lincoln Highway. The Lincoln Highway in 1912 was the, one of the first uh, interstate roads that went from California to New York, coming through New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Routes one and nine were part of the uh, the Lincoln Highway back in the day. That uh, you could literally start in Broadway uh, in New York City and travel the Lincoln Highway and go all the way out to California, Jesus. coming through the Donner Pass. Um, back in the day, with the Transcontinental Railroad, when you're traveling by automobile through that section, you were probably doing a hot 18 miles an hour because the road was for shit. It wasn't mm-hmm. even it wasn't even a gravel road. It was just a dirt path, um, but it would take you like 20 days uh, to get from New York to California, driving at top speed. Probably oh, shit! I know a guy could do that on snowshoes. Um, the Lincoln Highway was later rerouted, a little twisted, but became U.S. Highway 40. But before that even happened, there was a guy, a young uh, military officer by the name of Dwight D. Eisenhower, <laughs> that uh, came across uh, route, uh, the Lincoln Highway back in, uh, I think that was in like 27 or so. It was after the First World War, but it was such a pain in the ass trip for, for that military expedition that they think that that was probably one of the reasons that sparked Eisenhower to start the interstate uh, highway system Hmm. after he became president. That became one of his major initiatives, especially during the Second World War when you had to get men and material to uh, places quickly without going down some little podunk highway that was a dirt road. So on your ride home, guys, just make sure to credit cannibalism for (laughs) the interstate highway system. Of course. I can live with that. (laughs) It was... uh, Kahuna, if you had to, if you had to give us a movie, all right, if you had to give us a movie for this, give me an actor that's in it. Well, I don't know of any movies based on this, though. There are none. Well, there's there's some, but it's uh, they're all um, like kind of lower budget. Like it's not a good TV story. Yeah, it's not a good story. Yeah, it's, not, it's not a feel good story. <laughs> no, sure. it's not. But here's the here's the fucked up thing, though. I would take this to like Seth Rogen and tell him to make a comedy out of it. Oh hell yeah, you totally could. You know what? Here's the thing, though. I would go animated, like Sausage Party, too. Like I'd make okay. it so fucked up. Like I think that that's the only way you can make it work and make it funny. Have you seen Cannibal though? The, the, the Cannibal Trey the musical. Yeah, because yeah, I really um, I, I remember watching because it used to be on Netflix. So let's build a snowman. Yeah, that's the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> the fact that they're able to make you laugh at something so horrible like that—that's kind of uh, the, the the magic of the comedy aspect of it. And you need to have a good sense of humor to even tell this story. That's why. I was very confident in both Davey and Tim to, you know, contribute at a high level, which you guys both did. Um, Great guests. It was. <laughs> well, they get it too. Tim's been listening to the show forever. Most of our conversations that I have with these two guys are super fucked up in this regard, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it's right. all good that way. So this is just another conversation. For yeah. Us. Yeah. It's. <laughs> yeah. Except it's like I have to be on like better behavior. I can't say the shit that I usually say to him because like I always look for an excuse to throw some sort of punchline to make him uncomfortable. 
Because have like, you ever punched him in the face, Tim? Yeah. No. No. Uh, do you ever could. want to? He has permission, no. but you liar. He doesn't want to see the Look retaliation. I, I abhor violence. <laughs> you lying man. Now would I eat him? <laughs> <laughs> you might get some residual um, intoxication like, if you do eat my flesh. Yeah, you got a fatty liver on you, pal. We know that much. So. <laughs> oh, but uh, I think yeah. today we got another show coming in. So I love uh, the people that are probably walking by this place and hearing like, "Oh, I'd eat you." <laughs> <laughs> hey, kid, you ever have kitty feet? Piece of shit. But guys, that was a, a very dark tale. That was a good episode. I want to thank, thank you both to uh, Davey for coming in, thank and Tim. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you. Um, it's uh, it's good to have you back, pal. All right. And then uh, my father, thank you for all the the deep, deep research you did. Like we said, we started laughing about this episode, Kahuna. We're like, it's gonna be great. We're gonna do a parody of this. It's gonna be just like. Yeah, and gonna, then everyone yeah. just and shut then, the fuck. We're up. gonna eat wings like, and shit. And like, through, it's like, once you got into the story, it's like, uh, oh man, I don't um, know. <laughs> And then Tim's weird insight, I was a little concerned about in the beginning, and then I kind of just got it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, he, you know, he'll never justify it. I want you to know that. Never. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you no. are one of my favorite guests, by the way. <laughs> I, my moral compass almost does not exist. It Speaking doesn't. of which, I'm going to try and get into civil service as soon as I'm out of the military. It's, uh, and make sure that uh, you remove your tag on this episode when you go for that background check, buddy. Hashtag gobble it's, gobble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but guys, if you like the show, man, check us out. Uh, Instagram page is uh, American Loser Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can I'm check me out at Twitter and Instagram on uh, at KP Burke Sucks. <laughs> KP Burke over on Facebook. Uh, KP Burke Comic is the website if you want to check out some uh, tour dates. Also, check us out. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, Kahuna, I got to get us onto Google Play. Google Play? You have to figure out how to do that. I don't know how to do it. I'll throw you 20 for if you can figure it out. Spotify, for me. please. Uh, Spotify, we need please. to. Yeah, we just need to grow the audience for this thing, too. And, um, you know, we got some cool stuff coming up. We're working on, guys. We're always having a good time here. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you very much for uh, listening. If you can, leave us a, a written review on uh, the old uh, the old iTunes. It helps us out. It boosts us in the algorithm. I don't want to be one of those fucking douchebags that... Uh, pleads and begs people to leave them a review. We're well, doing uh, a pretty good you, job so far. But even if, but for people that don't <laughs> listen to the show, you know what I mean? That, that's what happens. People are like, hey, if you leave me a review for your show, I'll leave you a review for my show, and then we'll just do it that way. I was like, no, I want to actually build a fan base here, man. I mean, real reviews. Yeah, we're trying to do real actual work. So that's if you like guys ever start Twitter, that's how that's how Twitter always is. Follow, follow me, I'll follow you. And then, oh, to, hey, he unfollowed me. Yep. No, see, that that's garbage. We're doing the real work here on the show. This is not a podcast where we come in and just shoot this shit for an hour every week. It's My not. father and I have to, we, we literally write a research page. I would say, how many hours of research do you put in? Too many. Way too <laughs> many. And this man's a retired teacher. Yeah, especially for a, yeah, a you're retired teacher. Yeah, more teacher. work than I ever did teaching now. Well, I, I, I would say I wrote for about five hours last night getting both of the episodes we did uh, today finished. And that's not including the time we spent watching die. So we put the effort in, man. So guys, we love doing the show. If you guys like doing it, uh, the little the little tiny things you can do is leave us a written review on the old iTunes, please. I really appreciate that. And guys, uh, again, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, we're going to eat some wings. And that was the Donner Party, American Losers. An American loser the day I was born. An American loser the day I was born. An American loser the day I was born.